Uh, this is part of a series we've started called Crooked Crowns, uh, looking at Samuel and Psalms. And, and what we're doing is we're saying there was this pivotal moment where God had been the king right the way through. And then there's this moment where God's people go, we want kings like everyone else. Can we have a king, please? And God says, you're rejecting me as king. And there's this line of kings, David and Saul and Solomon and Absalom and, and loads of others. And, and each one fails. And the big message we're saying is, is that, look, if you reject God as your king, any other king will not do for you what God can. God protects, he loves, he gives you identity, he blesses. That's what kings do. And we're going to then look and learn uh, through this uh, as well. Uh, today, uh, Daniel, if, if I can, uh, we're going to be talking about lovers but not fighters. Okay, uh, Just out of interest, uh, if you would say, I'm a lover, raise your hand now. If you say, I'm a, I'm a lover, not a fighter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, be bold, be bold. Yeah. If you'd say, no, nah, I'm a fighter, not a lover, raise your hand. Yeah. Don't be ashamed, they're both good. They're both good. If you would say, you are neither a lover nor a fighter, raise your hand. Uh, if you hate raising your hand in public, raise your hand. <laughs> right, okay. So, uh, we're going to talk about that uh, today. And, uh, Daniel, thank you. Um, I want to ask you just some questions we're going to think today about the things we fight for before we talk about some of the important things we fight for. What is the craziest, most petty, smallest thing that you have fought for? Okay, let me give you an example. I was once in the Weatherspoons pub. I'd been promised 11 pieces of scampi. I got served 10. I asked for my extra piece of scampi. And the lady on the till literally went, are you serious? And I went, yes. Uh, and they brought me three extra scampi for my trouble. Uh, I'm someone who loves that. But I'm interested, just, just for fun, uh, as we get to know each other. What are some of the smallest things that you've fought for? What are some of the things that got you riled enough that you fought for it? This is always... Normally a bit of fun. Uh, can you think of anything? Yeah, it can be serious as well if you like. Things you fought for, anyone else? Yes, yes. Nikki was eating a club biscuit. Paul, your husband, took a bite out of your club biscuit and it nearly brought you to blows. Uh, we'll arrange some counselling in a minute. That's fine. Uh, but no, no, love that perfect example. Yeah, Elena. You can speak for someone, yes. <laughs> okay, mum shaming, we love it, yes. She loves the chocolate end of her cornetto, yeah. Yeah. Your mum refused her infant son the chocolate out of her cornetto, yeah. She used the door as a weapon to protect her Cornetto end. That's what I'm hearing. Uh, that's fine. Uh, good. Anyone else? Anyone else? One more. This is, this is fun. Perfect. Yeah, D. Okay. Because it wasn't chicken gravy. It was just normal gravy. <laughs> Okay, okay, love this, love this. Okay, so uh, these are great examples. So it was not chicken gravy, and I was promised chicken gravy. Uh, Cornetto, scampi, and club biscuits. Uh, it's funny what we might fight for. Uh, some of you might be drivers. 
and you fight for that space on the road that you know is yours. Uh, Steve is, can I, say, I love it when the Lord convicts. Steve just looked at his wife and went, that's you. Like, I love it. Okay, so, um, now, uh, Daniel, thank you. Okay. Um, have a listen. Now, now I hate Hollywood, and some of you, I can tell, hate it. These words were interesting to me, though, this week. This is what Keanu Reeves said. If you scroll down, he said this. He said, if you're a lover, you've got to be a fighter, because if you don't fight for your love, what kind of love do you have? If you're a lover, you've got to be a fighter, because if you don't fight for your love, what kind of love do you have? And it's an interesting thought. And clearly, we're not saying about sort of drop-kicking people in the street. We're not talking about that kind of fight. Um, but, but certainly when it comes to, to, to God and faith, sometimes I'm more comfortable talking about loving God than I am about fighting for God in my life, in uh, the things that I struggle against. Uh, sometimes when it comes to approaching God, there are some enemies that get in the way that are quite comfortable letting their lethargy, tiredness, busyness, stress, loud kids, all those kind of things. And I guess that the challenge I want to try and give us today is to kind of go, uh, if we love God... How much are we willing to fight? And uh, we'll talk about that today. Um, scroll down. Thank you, Daniel. Um, just so you know you're in good company being a fighter, this is what Jesus says. Uh, and there's a link to the passage because David is put as a shepherd uh, and Jesus then speaks about being a shepherd. Don't worry if you can't read it. Uh, some, a famous passage from John 10. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life, I fight for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep and I must bring them in also, speaking about the Gentiles and others to come. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. When I was growing up, if I'm honest, as a teenage boy, uh, sometimes faith seemed a bit weedy. There was lots of uh, flowy dresses and beautiful scarves and, and flowers. Uh, and one of the things that captivated me about Jesus was when I was told that he fights for me. Uh, I love a good fight. I love watching boxing. I'm rubbish at it. Uh, I had one fight at secondary school. I got jumped by two year nines uh, when I was in year 10. Uh, my my friends literally stood around laughing at me. And I was going, help, help. They're like weasels. Uh, my younger brother Josh at the time was just screaming abuse, a, a habit that he's continued to this very day. Um, but uh, I'm not really a good fighter, but it captivated me, the idea that I have a God who fights for me. I was captivated by Jesus who fought for his friends, who fought for the last, the least, and the lost. It, it suddenly made faith feel a bit more like something I wanted to be part of. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? I, I love that Jesus is a lover and a fighter. I think that's something to worth thinking about. It also means when we come to this passage, you might wonder why I'm bringing in Jesus so quickly. Daniel, thank you. Um, my favorite line about this passage is that you are not David. What I mean by that is often when we read these stories, we put ourselves in as the hero. There have been a million sermons preached like this. You guys, 
when your Goliath comes, God's going to help you fight your Goliath. They're, they're everywhere online. And they're, they're captivating. And you think, yes, that's what I need. I need God uh, to come and help me because I'm David. I'm fighting Goliath. And I want to say, if you're David, you're missing. That's what Matt Chandler says. He says, you miss every time. When death comes, when sin comes, when challenges come your way, if you're David, you're missing. What you need is what David was, a champion. What you need is someone from God to rescue you. You are not... Some of you are going, I am David. Like, literally, he's like, I am David. <laughs> that's my name. But what I mean is, you are not David. And that's a relief, isn't it? You have a God who fights for you, who wins for you, who, who, who comes in. We have a better David. This Jesus who comes and says, I lay down my life for the sheep. It's no accident, thinking back to when David comes from his sheep pen. Let's just explore the passage a bit, though. With that in mind, we have this, this one who's willing to fight for us. Uh, I'm going to get you to answer some questions. Really quickly, if you could have a look in your Bibles, 1 Samuel 17, 26, 29. Why is David's older brother, Eliab, angry? What was he concerned about? Let's try and have a little think together. So uh, David's older brother, Eliab, uh, is angry. Just have a little look together. Uh, 1 Samuel 17, 26, 29. Have a little look together. What is he angry about, do you think? Uh, one clue might be, what does he love? Okay, what does he love? Have a little chat. Have a little chat together. Why is Eliab angry? What was his concern? Do that for a couple of seconds. Here we go. Okay. Just a quick thing. Any thoughts? Why is Eliab angry? Any thoughts? Any thoughts? Why is Eliab angry? Any thoughts? Yeah. Okay, so it's interesting. So you think Eliab, the older brother, is embarrassed? Can, can I just say, and I'm, I'm the second oldest in my family, and my older brother is in the room, and he's a very fine older brother. I'm not going to point out who he is. Um, but one of the reasons I love the Bible is the bits where little sort of honesty comes in. And, and as, a, as a second oldest brother, this rings true of what a big brother would say. Right? L- listen to these words. Right? So, so Eliab goes, why have you come here? And with whom did you leave the sheep? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. Now what have I done, said David? Can I even speak? Like, have you ever walked into a room and your brother is just angry at you for no reason? Yeah? I've never had that. My big brother was perfect. Um, but, uh, but no, I mean, it's, it's, it just rings true. But maybe a sense of he's embarrassed that, that he's not doing uh, what he should be doing and that David, this, this young whippersnapper, might come and show him up. Possibly, yeah, yeah. Why is he angry? Um, yeah, at the back, Joseph, welcome. Nice to see you. Interesting. So there's a jealousy uh, about this this one from God. Yeah, yeah. Love that. Say so, so something about that. Yeah, Helen, what do you reckon? Okay. Okay, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah? Yeah, do the other one. Yay! Now, the others are really good. Like, genuinely, that as well. He left the sheep. Why is that a problem? The sheep get eaten. Why is that a problem? Don't overthink it. For the sheep get eaten, why is it a problem? Luke? It's their livelihood. No dinner. More than that, no future. Now, now some of you go, what's the point of this? It's just random sheep in it. The challenge I want to give, when I think about things I love, have you ever seen someone fighting for life? Have you ever seen someone fighting for life? The, the, the core part of their being, just not wanting to let go, just fighting. And there, there's some things. Have you ever tried to hold your breath for like a long time? 
And then your body starts to go, I'm taken over. <gasps> and you start gasping. Like when I talk about things I love, I love God because he is my life. Eliab is angry because his life is at risk. He loves the sheep. They're his life. Does that make sense? Like, like his livelihood is at risk. Sometimes I wonder why we care so much about stuff that can't save us and we put God in second place when he's the one who can. Why we put so much effort in stuff that doesn't fulfill us when we have a God who can. I, I want to challenge us today. You wanted to fight for life. That's why we want to fight for our life. Because God is our life. Eliab is also angry because his little brother's come along and he is about to show him up. But first of all, he's angry because the sheep have been left. I want you to have the same view when it comes to God. My God is my life. I think in our modern culture, it feels like I have to try and sell God to you. Here are all the benefits. He says, I hold the keys to life and death. No one else does. Fight for your life. Fight for your life. Let's have a quick look about David, David loves God. He loves his people. Just really quickly, uh, 1 Samuel 17, 34 to 37. Who fights and who wins? Ready? 1 Samuel 17, 34 to 37. Uh, it just says this. David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep and that bit. Okay, have a little look. Who fights and who wins? Have a little talk together. This is not too tricky, this one. Have a little chat. Okay, really quickly, who fights the bears and the sheep and the lions? Who fights it? Yeah, Jess? Okay, the living gods, okay. Yeah, who else, who else fights as well? So David as well, right? Um, I love the fact that my God has won the battle and he invites me into the battle too. I think is the point I'm trying to get. I want to start fighting for the things I love, the things that God loves. I want to start fighting for it. I want to start taking it seriously in my family, in my work, in my home. Uh, I don't want to be a Christian that's just passive going, well, God's done it all. He calls us to be part of the battle, to fight against some stuff. Uh, Daniel, here we go, next one. Fight for your love. 1 Samuel 17, 41 to 47. Why is David fighting? Let me just do this really quickly. David's fighting because Goliath has been cursing his God and is a threat to his people. That's why he's fighting. He's, he's jealous in his love for God. He, he loves God. He trusts God. What is he fighting to do? It says he fights in verse 47. Just have a look, look at this. Verse 47. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's. And he will give all of you into our hands. He's fighting so that others might see that faith matters, that love matters, that, that you fight for what you love. And who wins? Well, we saw it in our amazing drama, and thank you to those who took part. God guides the hand, guides the stone, guides David. Uh, David's skills, equipment, sort of past, all comes together, and, and God wins. And God wins. Are you willing to fight for your love? So I want to just apply this and, and get us just... Uh, being able to come back to God now. Daniel, thank you. I want to ask these questions, just to get you to think quietly, not chat, not just chat. What are the barriers which stand against you serving God as your king fully? What are they today? And this is different from the, what are your Goliaths? This is David finding barriers in Saul and his brothers in lots of different things. 
But what are the barriers which stand against you serving God as your king fully? Busyness, worry, tiredness, things we create in our own minds. What are those barriers at the moment? And, and will you fight for the one who is fighting for you, who's won for you? Will you do that? Just be still and quiet for a moment, if that's okay. Just, just sort of ponder those things. If there are some things that come up, if there's uh, stuff you're doing that you know is just unhelpful for you, if there are habits that you've formed, just confess those things to God. We've, we've adored him. We've prayed for our world. We want to look at who he is and then think about what he's calling us to do. Uh, for some of you, this is literally that you're in that battle at the moment. You're wondering, and we love that you're here. You're wondering, should I commit to this king or not? You're, you're in that and and you'll be having good battles of questions and ethics and and all kinds of stuff but i want to ask you the question today this king who fights for you who loves you who, who will win for you um what are those questions and barriers are you willing to start fighting don't just leave them to one side